You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christofferson, here on a Thursday morning in December, less than seven days now from the early signing period opening up. Plenty going on with Nebraska football, Nebraska athletics. And so what better time for us to introduce a new thing on our podcast that's really, you know, a common thing throughout uh throughout the sports journalism world. And that's a mailbag, but this is a mailbag that's using our, our message board. It's people have submitted questions. I'm going to pick them at random. Not every question will get chosen. Uh, and when I say I'm going to pick them at random, we're spinning a wheel here. The wheel is back. That's right, folks. We got the wheel out of storage. Brunt spent a lot of time writing down questions onto the wheel. And we are going to see Can what we it see brings the wheel? for us. Do you want to see the wheel, Brian? Yeah. Can you lift it up, Brunts, or is it too heavy? It's a little heavy. Okay. It's uh, I, where like where in your house was it sitting all of this time? Uh, well, it was in the basement. I had to get that thing out of storage, um, which was no small feat. And then just the time to engrave all these questions. My God, it's like uh. It's like I, I had to like re-engrave the claret jug or something or the, the Stanley Cup. Like that's how much I would I didn't sleep last night. I you know what was impressive to me is that you sent me a text that you had gotten your uh your daughter her own little chisel that she could work on uh you know helping out. She doesn't really know how to spell, so you had to sort of explain to her exactly what she needed to do, but somehow it worked out enough, you know. A couple backwards E's, some different some different D's and B's, some confusion there, but not too bad from Debbie. Those tiny little hands were really good for, for chiseling those questions, I have to say. Well, you know how the wheel works. Like it gets kind of you get you run out of space towards the bottom. So you gotta you gotta have it kind of be somewhat small. You know? Yeah. All right. If we talk too much, should we get BT, do you do you think it's time to spin? Should we have Brunt spin it? I'll give you, I'll give you um, a little. I'll give you a little spin here. All right, Brunts. There, there it goes. Look at that thing go. Like, did you just? You know, we haven't had a wheel in so long. Like, did you just? You like you're going for what? Seven rotations on this thing right now? Yep. Oh, that stopped. There it goes. All right. Let's uh, let's see what we got here. Let's see what is on the wheel. Wow, look at this right off the bat. We have a would you rather question. 
Mel Tucker, after two seasons, it's actually two and a half if you count the 2020 season. Or Brett Bielema, after two seasons at Illinois. So your choice is Mel Tucker and what he has going on at Michigan State. They had kind of a, an okay 2020, a great 2021, and I know disappointing 2022. Or Illinois, where a little bit of a surprise out of the gates. They played tougher than people expected in 2021 and a big surprise in 2022. Brunch, you are just like, there's a lot of emotion going in that, in that window up there in the screen. What, <laughs> what's going on in your brain right now? The, the thought of, of actually saying that I would rather take Brett Bielema. Um, it's a, that's a good question because especially given the fact that, Brett Bielema's defensive coordinator just went to took the head coaching job at Purdue. Um, and I felt like that was a pretty big piece of why Illinois was decent. Um, I guess I'd, I would still take Bielema. I feel like he's got the right recipe in the Big Ten. And I feel like they might take a little bit of a step back defensively with, with the change there. But they're promoting from within. I mean, Bielema's kind of a defensive guy anyways, so I think they can maybe keep that thing rolling a little bit. Um, Mel Tucker probably gets helped a little bit when if the Big Ten gets away from divisions, but I think I would still go Brett Bielema long term. I, I, uh, I didn't think I was going to be saying that when I woke up this morning, but that's where I'm going. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going opposite of you here. I like the upside with Mel Tucker more than I do with Brett Bielema. I like the upside with Michigan State in terms of being able to recruit a little bit. Uh, obviously, they had their really nice 2021. I don't know that that's going to be the most consistent thing ever. But he's already got wins against Michigan. Uh, you know, the games against Ohio State not been great so far. So that's, you know, like everybody in the conference, he's got to try to get better against Ohio State. But I, uh, I think I'm okay with Mel Tucker. I think people have been a little bit too hard on him after – after last year's sort of uh, surprising success. And they came back to earth a little bit, but I think they'll be okay. BC, what about you? I think they're both going to settle into that meaty part of the curve, seven and five-ish type t program, six and six, seven and five-ish. And I think Illinois is, uh, we're more accepting of that with Illinois than Michigan State. So I'll say Belima for that reason. Like I think, a seven and five at Illinois is worth more than a seven five and five in East Lansing. All right. Well, that's a heck of a way to start. All right, Brunts, let it spin. There we go. Wow. Oh. You really spun it. It's not, it's not as much as the first one, but uh, there we go. Another rotation. Okay. Mm, stop. Uh, oh. Have you been lifting Brunts? Yes, I have. I oh, wow. thank you for noticing. Are you not at the same gym as Brian? No, no. Surprising. There's, I appreciate I that Brian noticed, though. I feel like that's a... <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know how all of this fit on one of those wheel placards, but somehow it did. So very small, very took, small. Bear with took, me here. Took Daphne an hour and a half to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Nebraska has failed to live up to its blue blood status since at least the last big championship game loss. Big was B, uh, and then. The numeral one and then G. There. I like to do that. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do as well, but I don't know how to say it out loud. Um, so that's the first half of it. What is the main reason that Nebraska hasn't won a conference title this century? Hmm. BC, what do you got for us? 
Well, um, leadership. I mean, they didn't have the right the right coaches the last two times, you'd have to say, um, to, to pull that off. Um, you know, Polini was on the doorstep a couple times uh, where it could have went one way or another. And a couple, if a couple plays had gone differently in 2009 and 2010, uh, but really over the last, yeah, eight to 10 years, I think you just sum it up as they, they haven't had that head coach who has quite the vision and the ability to um, see it out like you need to, to win in this place. And uh, I mean, it takes a special, special person in that chair and Nebraska's hoping they found him now. We'll see. Brunt, do you got anything to add there? I was going to say awful um, big 12 officials are why Nebraska hasn't won one in this century. But I, I think part of what Brian said, I think, I think too, you know, more recently, you know, and, and this kind of speaks to the direction Matt rule wants to go. Nebraska's recruited well enough relative to its peers to at least make it to Indy. Like, I think that's the more surprising thing to me is not necessarily that they haven't won a conference title, but that they haven't even gotten into the game more than once. And I think the big problem for Nebraska has been, they have not been able to retain and develop the talent that they have. You know, a lot of the four-star guys that Nebraska's brought in have not panned out, have left, have, um, you know, not been guys that you can count on and build build your program around. And I, I think if you look back at maybe what at, at the the latter kind of Bo Pelini era, I mean, I think they did a decent, a fairly decent job of developing, um, you know, guys into, um, you know, at, at least contributors and 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 you know pieces that you could build around a little bit, especially on defense. So, I, I think that's the challenge for Matt Rule is how do you develop guys, keep them in the program and, and, you know, kind of build core groups that you can kind of build your roster around. And I think that's been the biggest thing for Nebraska, the last, you know, the, the Riley era, the frost era is that you just, you, you have not done a good enough job of developing the, the talent that you have and you haven't developed enough of it. Yeah. I think for me, it, it comes down to, I don't know that there's been like a, a strong vision for what you want the program to look like. And how you're going to go about and, and get it in that direction. I, I think with, you know, Mike Riley and Scott Frost, you were sort of reacting off of what had occurred before you. Uh, and, you know, I don't know that Riley ever was able to implement what he wanted it to look like exactly. And, and we know Scott Frost wasn't able to either from either side of the ball. And so I think that's that's been a portion of it, too. What's What's been interesting to me is with the two of your hires out of your last several uh, you know, we're really sort of known for their side of the ball. And then it's when things kind of fell apart with their side, that's when it kind of fell apart for them with Nebraska. And that was Bo, you know, defensively. And that was Scott Frost with the offense. And so I think the, the to me, the lack of kind of vision of, of what you want it to look like and, and having a plan to get it there uh, has really kind of crippled this program over the last 10 years. All right. Good questions. We're on to, to number three. Brunts, give it a spin. Let it loose. There we go. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't expect to see, you know, bankrupt on one of them, but I don't know what <laughs> we're going to do with that. Exactly. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, right. wah. And I think we got one here. Oh, I'm curious what you guys are going to say. What is your read on Casey Thompson? His health, his future. 
Mm. BC's making a face. That means we're going to BC. <laughs> that means you shouldn't go to BC. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I wish he would come back because I think I think there's a I think he needs to set a set the template for guys like him who are like 24, 25, who are in that sort of it's sort of like when you in between. Yeah, like you're driving the football and you get to the 38 yard line and you're in that no you're in that no man's land where it's like fourth and seven on the 38 and you're like, do we punt it? Do we try the 55 yard field goal? He's in that area, though, where it's like, go for it. just and by go for it. I mean, go for the college football uh, lane. Stick with that. That is your lane. You can uh, you can be at a place where uh, you're the man. You get to play football on TV every week. Um, I don't know where he's leaning, so I'm not going to pretend to. Um, we do know there's been a couple portal QBs visiting in Jeff Sims and Malik Hornsby now from Arkansas. Um, but I don't necessarily – I don't think people should look at that and say, well, that that means someone's going out the door. I don't. I, I think if you're Nebraska, you need to be developing an insurance policy and getting some relationships with these guys in case he's not coming back and maybe they know something that we don't. Um, but I hope he does because I do think there is that type of player that's 24 years old that's maybe not going to play at the next level um, that can can still have a great college experience as being a QB at this level, and uh, and he can be the man around here if he helps him get to a bowl game next year. I just to add quickly to, to what BC said because I think that's kind of where I'm at too. I don't have I don't have a great answer on it, but I will say I. I'd like Casey to come back because I think, I think this team can win some games and I think he can be a part of that. Like, I just I like how it looked with him, you know, certainly at the end with Iowa, I think he has the ability to to be a good stopgap quarterback as Matt rule is going to try to build things up here. I think this is the sort of guy that you can, you know, in a, in a one year scenario, he can kind of leave Nebraska as a better place than he found it. And I think that's kind of the goal. And, and I, I really do think that's a possibility. So I, I'm with Brian. I hope he comes back as well. What about you, Brunts? Yeah, it's it's interesting. The the quarterbacks that Nebraska's bringing in um, for visits so far um, are, are not Casey Thompson types. Um, you know, I, I, I think that that's intriguing to me. I think Casey Thompson, like everything he's ever done um, since he's been affiliated with Nebraska, is he's taking a very measured approach to this. He also has the, um, you know, potential surgery and, and, you know, some health concerns that he's got to get figured out too. So, you know, I, I think, I think they can win games with them. I think having a veteran presence is important. Um, I just, I think there's got to be some attrition out of that quarterback room before everything's all said and done, because if you're bringing in another quarterback, whether it's Malik Hornsby, Jeff Sims, who else, you know, whoever, if Casey comes back, I mean, I, I, that's what, like six, seven scholarship guys in that room. Like you, you gotta, you gotta start clearing out some space and uh, get, getting some room for those chairs in there. So I would, uh, I, I think he should. Um, I think it would benefit Nebraska. I think it would probably, you know, is Casey Thompson's best option at this point, but um, yeah, I, I don't have a great read there yet because there's, you know, quite a few factors uh, at play there. You know, I, I think, you know, Matt Rule's just got to still continue to sit down and figure things out with him because I, I think, uh, you know, when you have a new staff, 
you're hustling around and everything and, and don't really have a chance to, to get those conversations had. Do you think the QB room should always be sized in such a manner that there's only room for five chairs and one table for like Lamar's donuts or something. And that's it. Like you can't have more <laughs> than five chairs in there. That's what I think. Yeah. I don't think I've, you want it where you have more uh, quarterbacks in your room than you have, <laughs> you know, offensive linemen that would be in front of you on a normal play. There you go. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I think you want to keep it to like five or less generally. And now I, that doesn't I, include your, your walk-ons, but uh, at least in terms of scholarships, I think any more than five scholarship quarterbacks is massive overkill. I mean, in all seriousness too, though, like if you look at what's in that room, I mean, if you just said, okay, these are, these are the quarterbacks and knowing nothing else, you had to guess what kind of an offense Nebraska is going to run. Like, what would you even say? Like based on the strengths of those quarterbacks. I think with Casey, you could run most anything, right? Like, obviously, if you needed to go real heavy passing, you could do that. He has the ability, I think, to just be a game manager if you just wanted to line it up and run it uh, and and take advantage of those things. The one thing I don't think you can really do with him is run like a triple option or a real heavy quarterback run game. I mean, I think physically he can do it. I don't think that physically he would last. And right. I don't think it's an offense that should really be run in the Big Ten. I think there's a reason you don't really see it ran in the Big Ten either. Yeah. No, I mean, that's fair. And and again, I mean, given the two quarterbacks that they've been linked to out of the transfer portal, it would suggest that they're going to more of a little bit, a little bit more of a run, at least having the threat of a run game there with the quarterback. Is that fair to say? Yeah. yeah. I, I think a threat is good. I just don't. I just don't physically think a guy holds up over 12 games running that style of offense anymore. I, we haven't seen it at Nebraska, um, you know, and so I, I'm just real hesitant that someone's going to be able to do that. Yeah, that's fair. I, 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 I totally agree with you. Yeah. All right, next one. Let it rip. There we go. You getting a little tired there, Brunts? Yeah, I, was I, weak. I need some ice on the arm. We'll, uh, oh, oh, you barely got over one time. I know. Just barely. It's like watching the people flip the dice at the Nebraska <laughs> basketball. They can see that six right there, and they just kind of do a, a little rotation. Yeah. All right. Here's what we got. I'm going to I'm gonna make an executive decision on this question. One of you will answer one way. One of you will answer the other. I won't answer at all. It'll be Embrace great. Embrace debate. All right. Yeah. <laughs> We're we're really gonna we're really gonna do that here. All right, three reasons why this new staff will work. Three reasons why they won't. Do you guys want to fight over who gets to be Mister Positive and who gets to be Mister Negative? Brian, you can be a positive boy. Positive oh. boy, Brian Christopherson. Three three <clears throat> three reasons why Matt Rule's staff and Matt Rule will work at Nebraska. Um, he's uh he's very familiar with a lot of the guys, and they've developed players before uh they've they've been in scenarios this is all one reason by the way that they've been in scenarios um that were difficult at first uh where the the scholarship numbers like at baylor were rough you know with only 45 guys when they arrived and one guy in that class so i don't think they are phased by this um so i i like their track record in just developing programs and uh and players um 
I think this is a different answer than the first one, but I'm going to specifically point to the trenches. I feel like if you look at rules, um, background in the college game, and especially even at Temple, um, he really pulled a lot of guys along there. And you got to give those players, obviously, their own credit for for doing the work. But under that staff that uh, some are still in the league, you know, that uh, I think he has like upwards of 24 guys between Temple and Baylor that have made the league. And if you look at a bunch of them, there's a lot of good linemen, uh, defensive linemen in particular, they've been really strong at. Um, So that encourages you that that's a place where um, you feel like Nebraska can make some hay. And uh, it's a place, frankly, where, Someone asked one of the earlier wheel questions about why is Nebraska not won a conference title game. I could I could go back to uh, development and recruitment in the trenches as a main reason, and frankly, back to not taking advantage of the Sioux era and not recruiting well after there. So I think I think Rule can do a good job with the trenches. Uh, third reason, um, I mean, they got the NIL and a lot of. Uh, things here that I think are advantageous for Nebraska. Uh, I think there's some programs that aren't going to take advantage of it like they can here. I think when you combine NIL, the new facility, all that, uh, a new staff with energy, there is momentum that um, should at least get this program off the ground again into a bowl game uh, in short order. Those are my three reasons off the cuff. All right. Brunt, bring us down. Yes. Well, I think one one. Uh, I mean, I know Matt Rule's done this at other stops, but I think one area that might be of concern is um, you, you've seen an, an inexperienced staff at the FBS level in, in some areas. Um, you know, Matt Rule obviously believes uh, in, in Terrence Knighton, um, brought him immediately from Carolina, but you know he's a first-time FBS head uh, assistant coach. Uh, you know, Donovan Rayola is still relatively inexperienced at the FBS level. Um, you know, we, some of the other, um, you know, names that are out there for potential assistant coaches, Rob Voracek uh, at linebackers, it would be his uh, first FBS uh, assistant coach or uh, power five uh, assistant coaching gig, I believe. So, you know, that that's the, the, way that Matt rule has always done things, but, you know, I think we've also seen that, you know, the big 10 is a coach's league and, you know, a lot of experienced coaches, and that might be one cause for concern. Um, You kind of wonder, I guess, um, you know, if kind of finding the diamonds in the rough, if that approach will still continue to work um, for, for Matt rule and his staff, Um, you know, I, I think Nebraska has the ability to recruit at a really high level, but, uh, it kind of remains to be seen how the staff's going to do that, even though I, th- I think they've done a really nice job so far of getting out and, and recruiting. Uh, and thirdly, I mean, you know, it's been a long time since Nebraska's had any kind of sustained dominance on either side of the line in this in this this conference. And, um, you know, things are not going to get any easier when you're adding USC to the mix, UCLA. And, you know, I, I think it's a pretty high wall to climb right now for the defensive line and the offensive line and getting to a place where you can regularly contend for, um, you know, getting to Indianapolis. And so I, I think that's, uh, you know, a, a cause for concern. And I know there's experience, especially along the offensive and defensive lines from that rule, but that that's going to be, 
a big lift and you're doing it with, with two relatively um, young and inexperienced coaches. So we'll see how that works. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. We got both sides of it there. We'll let the people decide who won that. If it was around the horn, I think... Like, BC was a little more convinced in his argument than, than Brunt's was. So I think I'd ultimately give the point to, to BC. But That's uh, fair. I get to well, talk about something for eight seconds now? Or no? <laughs> all right. Carry on. Yeah. What do you have on your whiteboard behind you there? <laughs> uh, all right. Are we ready? Next, uh, next spin here, Brunt's? Yep. There we go. Yeah, this, is a, this is an interesting one. Hmm. Wow. BC, I'm going to throw it to you. I know you're covering the team. I think Brunch might have been in China at this time. Does Nebraska win the Natty in 2009 with Joe Gans at quarterback? <laughs> 2009, famously, Nebraska lost several yeah. close games. Obviously, the Big 12 championship game, but they also had close losses to Virginia Tech that year. Uh, the Iowa State game that everyone has like flushed from their brain with yep. the six fumbles and Niles Paul running for a touchdown and inexplicably losing the ball. Uh, the the Texas Tech game that we talked about, they lost by 17, but there was a really critical fumble in that one early on, and Nebraska's offense for much of 2009 was disgusting. If you swap out Zach Lee and you put in Joe Gans, Joe Gans gets a COVID year before COVID years were ever a thing. Mm-hmm. Does no. Nebraska win a national title? No, they don't, but they win the uh, – that eliminates – this is like a back-to-the-future thing where it erases a previous – they win a conference title, though, and we're not talking about that question earlier, and it would have changed this whole podcast. There would have been a, such a butterfly effect. Who knows what we'd be talking about right now. So they wouldn't have won a national title, but they would have been like 11-2, um, and 12-2, and, uh, and they would have uh, – and the drought wouldn't be as long. You know, we always talk about 2009. 2010 was honestly that when they had OU down 17 to nothing in that game and they blew it. Um, you just that, couldn't let Bo Pelini get to 17. That's when all the bad things happened. And if they had won 17 points and then it all falls apart. If they had beaten OU in that game in 2010 in the conference title game, they would have, I think, played UConn. Yep. A, a, pretty, a pretty rough UConn team that didn't deserve to be there. That was when they had to force a Big East squad in, and it didn't really belong. Can either of you name the coach of UConn at that time? Uh, Randy Etzel, right? Boom. Nailed it. Brunson, was that on the tip of your tongue? 
Yeah, well, he's he coached there like nine times, so it had to have been him, right? <laughs> that that was his third time there, yeah. <laughs> um, but they they would have beat UConn, and Nebraska would have finished in the top five um, that year had they won that Oklahoma game. So what you guys are? Go ahead, go ahead Burns. No, uh, no, do you no. remember they ran a trick play late in that game against Oklahoma where they tried to throw it deep down the field at Taylor Martinez, who was kind of uh, limping and hobbled, and he almost caught it on like the five or ten yard line. It would have been one of the plays we'd still talk about in Oscar football if it would have worked. I strongly believe, strongly, strongly, strongly believe that had after they went up 17-0, if Rex Burkhead had just played quarterback in the Rex yes. Cat. The whole yep. rest of the game, they win that game. You're Those interceptions right. from Taylor in the red zone were so crippling. And his decision-making, like he took that sack that took him out of like, when you get out of Alex Henry field goal range and you're on the other side of the, the 50, you know that, you know, you've really left yourself in a tough spot, like in a dome. And that guy, they're not even going to attempt to, you know, whatever it would have been. It, it would have been like a 49-yarder and he made it like a 59-yarder with just this horrible sack because he wouldn't throw the ball away. It's probably the worst game of his career. Um, I mean, I like Texas Tech – or not Texas Tech. Texas, he got benched, uh, so that one maybe comes up. Texas A&M was a struggle. But I, the, the way that it played out against Oklahoma in 2010, I really think was Taylor Martinez's worst performance. You know, he's a freshman. Like, it, you're, you're going to have stuff like that. But it was, it was devastating in the moment because you just needed, like, below average QB play to basically get you to that Fiesta Bowl. He hurt his so ankle it, against Missouri in mm-hmm. that game where, and it changed that whole season. If, it, if he stayed healthy that whole way, they, I yeah. think they would have run the table or uh, at least to the bowl game. So 2009, if you had Joe Gans, you you're probably beating Virginia tech. Um, yep. You. I, I was in the country for this season, by the way. I, that Texas Tech game is the outlier in that whole season. Uh, Craig James was on the call in that game, by the way, if anybody cares. Um, you probably you, you probably find a way to get it over the finish line against Iowa State. Um, no. I think that you could flip that one. Um, let's see. So the fourth loss was to Texas. I think so. I think they, they probably go 11 and one. They have one loss in there. They win the Big Twelve, but they don't play for a national title. Yeah, the, is that fair? That's fair. That that Virginia Tech game, I in thinking about it again, was just maddening. Like, <laughs> you you hold Virginia Tech to eleven first downs. They only had four after the end of the first quarter. You outgain them with a bad offense, and I think Virginia Tech had like like a hundred yards of like the two hundred and some that they had probably came on like two or three plays like it's just the yeah the thing about it everyone remembers the danny cole catch nebraska still got him to fourth down after that and Mm -hmm. sue is absolutely bearing down on tyrod taylor i'm on the field level just standing there like in the back of the end zone watch that pass for the touchdown and just a euphoria and black like it was one of the loudest experiences i've ever been around uh, the noise after the Danny Cole catch and then after that touchdown. I mean, BC, you were there. You've been to a lot of different places. I thought Blacksburg was pretty cool. I thought Lane Stadium was pretty cool. And I definitely thought it was loud that night. Yep. The thing I remember was Bo Pelini in the hall. It was a crowded little hall that between the locker room and the bus. And he was crouched down, just 
sitting on the floor against the wall with like his head like in his hands at, for like a couple minutes just sitting there waiting to go on like the radio the post game radio show or whatever yeah the uh it was like my first experience of attempting to interview someone while they're openly sobbing like jared crick just completely broke down and he's like doing this interview and he just like it you know it was like the second question and he's just sobbing and you're like you're awkwardly standing there holding a recorder you're like what question do you even ask a guy who's now hyperventilating in his answers because he's just so worked up by this loss it was a it was a unique experience. I'd give I'd give a lot though in the next couple of years to be covering games like that again. Uh, oh to, yeah. to have it, you know. So no doubt about it. To bring it to the current, that would be nice. Well, we, we think we uh, we got some more spins in us, right? Let's do uh, yeah. Let's do another one. There we go. Still going. And I'm, that I'm energy losing, drink I'm, fired you up a little. I thought I'm kind of losing the mustard though. We're, we'll go there. What do we got? Brunts is now in the sixth inning and it's going to throw in 98. He's down to 91. I'm just people on, on Twitter the... are wondering if there's something wrong with his arm now. I'm, uh, I'm nibbling the want, corners. They're, they're imploring Dusty Baker to take him out of the game and he won't do it. This is this is getting ugly. Might be a blister. He might have a blister yeah. on his hand. <laughs> All right. What position has Nebraska recruited best since Bo Pelini? So. Everything post-2014 is what I'm taking out of this. <clears throat> and I think this is a very difficult question as someone who's tasked with covering recruiting, someone who has covered all of these games in this roster, and I don't immediately have an answer. What? Tight end. I, I, that's where I was going to go. Oh, on the strength of uh, – of Austin Allen and, and the transfer portal. And Jack Stoll. Oh, and, and Jack Stoll. The feud is over. Uh, and I mean, we haven't, I don't, Thomas Fedoni has to do something, but it's not his fault. Um, that's that you got your top, the top guy in the country at the position. So at least from a recruiting standpoint, you'd have to say, well, they nailed that one um, for what you can do at that point. Uh, so yeah, tight end. Okay. That's what I was going to say too. Uh, well, yeah, it's a question on their and podcast, they've also they've also managed to develop there too. I mean, you had uh, a blanket on the kid's name um, from Lincoln that set the briefly set the tight end record. Um, yeah, Tyler Hoppus. Tyler yep. Hoppus. You had Very Chancellor, nice guy. Chancellor Brewington's a hit. What's funny to me is that Nebraska has woefully underused this position, despite it being its best uh, its best since 2014. Seathan uh, Carter. There, there's no Seathan Carter. There's, yeah, there's no other real argument other than you've had three of your best seasons all time from wide receivers in that stretch. Four, actually, if you count JD Spielman with Stanley Morgan, JD Spielman, uh, uh, Samari Toure, and then Trey Palmer. But I, I have a really tough time with that because it it doesn't feel like it was built upon anything. It kind of felt like you wandered into it a little bit partly because Nebraska's history with wide receivers is so minimal that seasons that wouldn't be top 15 in other places are like number one and number two at Nebraska. Yeah. Well, and it's, you would probably need to, I mean, we could break it down and see the scenarios under which a lot of those receiving yards were, were done, but it feels like quite a few of them were when Nebraska was really needing to throw the ball when they were behind. Um, 
but yeah, it's uh, I don't really know what other position you would say. I mean, you could you could make an argument for defensive back if you could like somehow convince everyone that JoJo Doman belongs in there because Cam Taylor Britt, Nate Gary, JoJo Doman, but Nate Gary was 2013, 2014. So yeah, that's more, he was he was a Pelini. that wouldn't be after Polini, so you couldn't use him. Lamar Jackson. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. I mean, these are all guys that are in the NFL. Um, and then they've had a lot of players that I think were pretty good that, you know, weren't studs, uh, but were, you know, solid players for them during that time, too, in that defensive backfield. But it's a, I mean, that's as, as a good of an explainer as anything else when talking about why they haven't won a conference title. We're just talking about a, eight-year stretch where we can't even name a definitive position for Nebraska and tight end ultimately is what it what we came to all right uh let's do another there we go mm. Brunts Brunts didn't take kindly to some of our comments Brian he, he let that one in. loose a little bit yeah he did gotta let the big dog eat <laughs> well this is uh this is a little off topic little off okay. topic but I know at least one person will have a strong take on this. Do people actually like eggnog? And if so, are they serial killers? <laughs> what the stink? I do. I like eggnog. Yeah, so I think there's two out of three people in this podcast that regularly drink eggnog around the holiday season. Yes. Brunson and BC. I, I've had it. I don't dislike it. I just don't go out of my way to get it. I think if, it's perfectly you- fine. If you like make it yourself with like real eggs and and you put a little a little something extra in there, um, that that that's that's good. That that's good holiday stuff. Is and this something extra? The love that's made with those eggs. Lo- love and <laughs> love and liquor. That's what it is. Um, so no, and, and I'm not a serial killer for saying that. I just I just happen to appreciate <laughs> drinking things that taste good that you can also put liquor in. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, BC. Do you got anything you want to add uh, to that? Uh, Bruns made a fine defense for it. I mean, it's it's not something you want to bust out in like May, no. <laughs> but 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 right now it, it it's perfectly fine, and I, I'll take part in it. Cool. All right, Bruns, give it another rip. All right. I was I was angry chiseling that eggnog. Yeah, I, I expect this is going to be a five rotation spin, right? Here. Yeah. All right. Someone go ahead. after your eggnog. All right, go. What's the next one? <laughs> Man. I didn't know Brunts was such an eggnog guy. He's a nogger. It's the reason for the season. All right. What does college football look like in 10 years with NIL, portal, conference realignment? Look into your crystal ball <coughs> and tell us what it looks like in 10 years and then figure out how you can monetize that. Because if you know what college football looks like in 10 years, you're going to be a rich man. I'm assuming that there is like significantly more targeting plays called. Um, There's more bad reviews. I'm guessing that players are probably being paid in some form or fashion. Um, Beyond their free education. Yeah. I think the schools are more involved. I think, I think that happens. Um, I think that happens sooner than later too. I think, I think, I think the FBS and then, like, the Power Five is going to probably be its own thing separate from the NCAA at some point. And 
you know, I think it's going to be dominated by the Big Ten and the SEC. I, I, I don't see that changing. That's my crystal ball. BC? <clears throat> I, I think all of that's close enough, and um, I think we'll be at a 16-team playoff at that point. I don't think they should go beyond 12, but I have a feeling we'll be at like 16 by then. Um, and I don't know if I'll – I shouldn't say this. Uh, we cover it. I love it. I don't know. I, I think it's at a very precarious spot right now. Like, I worry about it. I worry about where it's going. Um, there's some good surface ideas that are trying to be put together right now and, and with the NIL and stuff like that, but there's not a good grip on it. And I don't know who's going to get that grip or how we're going to have any central authority that has a grip on it. So I, I worry about it just going off the rails. Um more than it even has. But yeah, I think Brunt's hit on the main points. I and mean, we might play on hoverboards. Remember, there was always this fascination like in the 80s and 90s that we were going to do everything, or even in the like before that, that everything was going to be in the sky, like we were going to travel. Yeah, we're cars, damn flying cars. Yeah. I don't know why everybody's was that was always like the version of the future, but for some reason that should be uh that should be connected to football too. We I- should be playing in the sky. I thought I saw a tweet like sometime last year that we're only a few years away from like the setting of the Jetsons when it was first aired in like the sixties. Yes, we are. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of depressing on a lot of different levels, but uh, what are you going to do? I'm, I'm going to make another executive decision. We're not going to do any more spins, but we are going to do some rapid fire questions. Ooh, lightning round. More things in. So yeah. uh, I'm going to just, just one of you will answer and try to be somewhat brief. Yeah. Brunch, what has been your first impression of Matt Rule and his staff three weeks into the job? Hardworking, focused, and uh, yeah, I think they're they're pushing the right buttons locally too, which I think is important. All right, uh, we BC, we got one that just says business ethics. We're just gonna win a roll by that one. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on it? Do you have anything no. you want to say about about business ethics? Thumbs down. Business Who let that guy in? <laughs> uh, all right. Does, okay, Brian, does Nebraska pass on a high school quarterback this class? Uh, Bruns is not in his head, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they do. I was, thinking, I, I, I was thinking. I was thinking about names. Uh, I had my brain takes a while, um, but I I don't I don't think they're going to get a high school quarterback. All right, Bruns. Least favorite Christmas tree. Least famous. Least favorite Christmas tree. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. What does that even mean? Like Christmas items that are only made around Christmas. Treat. Not oh, treats. It's a tree. I'm like, that's a very specific question. I realized that you guys did not uh, did not hear me or I did not enunciate correctly. We'll let the podcast listeners decide who to fault. Uh, least famous Christmas treat. Do we like candy? Candy canes are highly overrated to me. I, I agree there. BC, I, you got thoughts? Um, no, he does not. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is for both of you. Each of you give me an answer. Assistant coach, you're most excited to interview. Brian, go. Tony White. I just want to hear his 
three three five uh explanation and then everybody like overreact with their takes about it. Brunt. Uh Terrence Knighton. Any thoughts why? Uh because I want to talk to Pot Roast and he's he's been everywhere the last three weeks. So I've been really impressed with him. All right. I think uh I think that's it. I there's obviously some more questions in there. I'll I'll double back uh to the message board thread and answer some of the recruiting ones. Um you know, we don't have time for everything. Is there anything we didn't cover today that, that we want to get into? Um, you know, if there's time tomorrow, I might do a separate podcast on just what the visit list looks like as that comes together. Visitors coming in to town tonight, tomorrow. There's spacing that out a little bit to make sure everybody gets some important FaceTime. Anything, Brunson, that you can think of that we, we want to get out there uh, here in this podcast? No, if you're if you're hitting uh, if you're hitting recruiting, I think we're we're good for now. No, well, I, I, I found one. I found one. Go. Who's in the AFC and NFC championship games? Brunch, you get AFC. Uh, football is not going on right now. Uh, okay. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Chiefs Bills, right? Well, the Bengals are there. Yeah, I'll get Chiefs Bills. Chiefs Bills for him. BC, you get NFC. Um, it's gonna be Dallas. Minnesota? <laughs> Minnesota! Do it! No, it's going to be Dallas 49ers, even though the 49ers have had injuries. I, I think the Vikes are going to exit early. I hope that doesn't right. mean I'm disappointed in their year, by the way. We had a thread that took some shots at our boys. <laughs> I didn't expect us to be 10-3 and 3 I right took some now. shots in that thread, so I didn't go I down without throwing some punches. <laughs> I don't care what our point differential is for anyone out there. I genuinely don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they still so have I, 10 wins. I think Dallas, and, Dallas Bills was going to be the Super Bowl. That's what I think. Oh, wow. We're hearkening back to the 90s. Yep. Leon just for Lett. the record, just for the record, I would very much take the Vikings point differential right now if anybody offered it. <laughs> Just like you would take the idea of passing touchdowns in a football game. And quarterbacks being dealt and head coaches being fired. But hey, we're building we're we're updating the stadium, so it's good. So would you rather that Kirk Cousins contract or the Russell Wilson one? Uh I would I would take Kirk Cousins, shirtless Kirk Cousins, well ahead of uh what, what Denver's got going. I'd take uh Trevor Simeon. I'd bring him back. What's he doing? <laughs> I don't I don't know what Trevor No, Tebow? I do know. He's a backup for the Bears. Tebow? He's, Tebow, uh, is he around? Is he still Tebow playing for the Mets? Tebow is in a commercial with Steve Spurrier, and it's very awkward. Well, not a good commercial. Do better. Do better. Uh, all right. Nothing else we need to add. Nothing else we need to get to. Basketball plays on Saturday against Kansas State. Is that right? Yep. That's uh, in KC. Big game. I it feels like it. It feels like a, one of those games you need to like build that case like they can make the postseason run we'll talk more about that though we, we we've got on it a little bit but we'll we'll go in more detail next time all right for brian christopherson for michael brunson mike shaver this is the husker 24 7 podcast be sure to check out husker 247com like i said plenty of stuff still going on plenty of recruiting signing day is next week it may have snuck up on you it has not snuck up on us we have plenty of stuff on the website be sure to check that out and of course there's still coaching hires to be made Everything else going on, basketball, be sure to check out Husker 24-7. We'll be back with more podcast content next week.